This is a Polar Star Podcast. My name is Lee Nason, and thank you for hitting play on my show today. This is the Polar Star Podcast, where I have conversations with artists, entertainers, and business owners that call Maine home. My guest this week is a close personal friend, Jason Lutz, who even I got to know a hell of a lot better during this conversation. Jason is the Chief Financial Officer for Casco Botanical, where they believe everyone is a connoisseur, so they focus on delivering you the highest quality research-based cannabis. Their products are available at the following stores, Green Truck Farm, Hive Medicinals, and Beach Boys Cannabis. You can also find Casco Botanical on Weed Maps in Portland, follow them on Instagram at Casco Botanical, and they have a ton of information on their website. That's C-A-S-C-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-C-A-L.com for all information on who they are and the products they deliver. As always, if you like this show, please tell a friend. Visit PolarStarPodcast.com. We have two new shows we're working on bringing you with most likely an April release date. I'll have more information right here when it's available. And follow PolarStarPodcast on Instagram for all updates all the time. Here is my conversation with Jason Lutz. Well, it's good to see you. You too, bro. Yeah. You doing big things here. You, yeah, I mean, I'm I thought trying. this is going to be in your fucking apartment. Like, once I was on the highway, I was like, wait a minute, where? No. Where, I'm going somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I this got, is legit. Yeah. Yeah. Murph helped me out, you know, build something legit. And uh, he he helped me build something legit over here. We've been yeah. doing it. Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah. Uh, how, how are you? How's business? Uh, <laughs> Good. Good. You know, just always pushing forward. Um, Yeah, man, just busy, just busy. Like, today's a rare day where I don't have to do a lot. Um, There's always stuff going on, though, you know. So do you work for Casco Botanicals? Yeah, I'm the CFO of Casco Botanical, a cannabis company um, up here. Yeah. Um, Built that with – I didn't even build it. I came to the company after it was built, really, and now I've just taken on an executive role. Um, and yeah, we're building that. We're moving forward. We got a, um, so you don't really oversee any specific location. You're kind of tying everything together. Right. Yeah. 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 Playing with all the chips, like doing the budget for everything. And then how that breaks down individually to each little piece and stuff like that. Well, you've always been a numbers guy. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And so I want to, um, you know, now that we've established where you are, yeah, I want to talk about kind of where you're from. And make our way back here. Yeah, uh, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. So um, you, so just, we're, we're good friends. You know, we, we are very familiar with each other. You helped me move here when you were getting involved with, with Casco. Yep. And. Um, roommates. And, and yeah, we were roommates. Peanut um, butter jellies. <laughs> ham, yeah. Grilled ham and cheeses. Yeah. Yeah. We were roommates. I mean, I really appreciate it because, you know. We're, I mean, this has been a great place for both of us to move to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it really, like, leveled both of us up. And, yeah. And it was, it was 
cool, man. So thank you. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, I don't feel like I did much, but no doubt, no doubt. You know. Oh yeah. It it, 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 it was a help. But I, it's it's cool that you're up here too. Yeah. It's, there's been just a wave of like people coming up well, here, and was, Allie's a big part of that. Allie yes. just grabs people and brings them all up. Her favorite people, like I know, some are short term plans, some are long term plans, but. <laughs> You know. Yeah, yeah. I got I got a gift for her. I gotta uh I gotta I gotta make my way over there and try to get her on here too. But um Hell yeah. But uh so um but we also we met in Boston. Um but yeah. I but I wanna I wanna I don't wanna Did jump... I know you at the Kelton house? No, no. When we get there I'll I'll descri- I'll describe it. Okay. I knew of you guys, but I didn't know you guys. I I, I love that someone would say that. <laughs> That's the shit. Yeah, yeah. And we'll explain it. But um so where are you from? Uh Hanover. Hanover Mass. Um South Shore. It's probably twenty five minutes, thirty minutes south of Boston suburb. Yeah. Um your uh sister's uh husband. Yeah. husband now yeah yeah so yeah crazy yeah even say that but i know uh, well you guys grew up together you guys were like yeah he, yeah he lived down the street best friends growing up yeah, you guys were really yeah, tight Grealish was in my kindergarten class holy shit yeah so we grew yeah. up way up and um as we just grew up there was a lot of us that became friends really young yeah and we just stayed friends like um tio was in my first grade class or second grade class mike wall shiny money yeah yeah he was in my first grade class wow um and we were hanging out then yeah you know what i mean and started that's uh, wild that the, you guys had such a tight-knit you know crew that lasted you know the whole time the whole time and, and like from like five years old until now you know yeah for sure and there were definitely periods where like Grealish, especially like i can say we were friends in kindergarten we weren't like best friends you know what i mean or hanging yeah. out but he was always in and out in big ways and that we lived together multiple times like yeah. later in our mid-20s and stuff yeah so it was kind of like once connections were built in hanover they were for life yeah whether it was you know short term or or long term or you know what i mean sure yeah so um yeah that's really yeah because i kind of fell in with you guys in boston kind of after that kelton street house when you guys lived on cambridge street and i yep. and, and i fell in with you guys there and and it was really fun to be a part of you know those friendships that went back that long because that's not something i ever had mm. like i had i moved around a lot until about fourth grade and then and then after fourth grade you know it's like i've kind of i had i kind of cycled through friends and then i had good friends through high school but like i don't see those guys anymore right. you know we kind of vaguely stay in touch but like we don't hang out right. you know and 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 then like i had college friends that i don't really see anymore either so it's like like it was really cool and i met you guys kind of right after college so it was really cool to fall in with like such a tight knit crew and you guys were very, you guys are always very accepting, you know, a little standoffish until you kind of prove that you can hang. But once you can yeah. hang, you know, it's like, oh, welcome, welcome home kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Like, the, and, and that, that's more the extension of the, like, that's kind of the evolution of that original group, you know, where like Hanover hat, like I'm in a group chat with like 37 dudes or something. Jesus. Um, 
and it's just all the homies and like when we grew up we all learned how to drink together how to fuck girls together we all had had our backs whenever there was another town at a party we'd try to fight them or get our asses kicked <laughs> by them that would rarely happen a lot of big dudes like uh Falzo Conley if you're out there listening maybe but like <laughs> yeah these dudes would drop dudes with one punch so you'd go to parties and it's just like they would always just like get into shit and kick ass and yeah. like she was fun and like we did uh we didn't really do drugs back then but we were starting to do drugs definitely okay. smoking weed getting I, was shit curi- I was curious about that because i i've talked to some people who kind of you know get intro get introduced to kind of the acid and the powders way earlier than i was you know right right i i mean i i got introduced kind of to i got introduced to the psychedelics and the powders really in college yeah that's that's probably about the time when it's like you know we tried them growing up but when when we became a professional at these things that was like our mid-20s that was like living in boston and stuff really as far as pretty much the same so and, and so i grew up in in a very like Similar, you know, kind of upper middle class suburb of Boston-ish, but really a suburb of a suburb of Boston. Wilmington, Mass. Okay, yeah. It's like really a suburb of a suburb. That's one of those towns I'm like, I know that's a town in Mass. I have no fucking clue where uh, the fuck that is. It's actually in Greater Lowell. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so So like you guys were kind of, you know, more like Greater Quincy, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, Quincy's a neighboring town. Yeah, like yeah. Quincy, Braintree, Hanson, Halifax, Pembroke, Marshfield. Yeah, I feel like it's very. It mirrors like Wilmington, you know, Reading, North Reading, Andover, Wakefield. You know, it's like it's it's very similar style. Like you drive, like I drive, I drive through Hanover now, and it's like this could be, you know, this looks ex- exactly yeah. like where I grew up. Yeah, for sure. You know. For sure. Hanover's been well maintained. You know, the property value is super high. People take care of their properties. People move there and live there forever. My mother still lives in the house that her parents bought. She grew up in the same house that wow. her entire life she's lived in the same house. Wow. Yeah. You know, and, and she's not the only person like that. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. That's that's what I'm getting at. But uh, so you guys, but you guys did get pretty wild once you did find you know weed and booze yeah i, I mean weed and booze Well, you guys liked to party De- definitely it was about the get together yes yeah, yeah for sure yeah whatever the elixir was in that it didn't matter it didn't matter you know what i mean tons yeah. of beirut like we would take we would all like skip school like i think in like 10th grade in high school is when we started like trying mushrooms and stuff like that but sure Beyond that, it was never drugs beyond that, really. Like, we never fucked with acid growing up. We just never had it around, you know? That's surprising to me because yeah. because that's how I did meet you guys, you know? Yeah. But, but, um, but, you know, because it was in the jam scene. Yeah. It was through going to shows. Right. It was through, you know? I didn't even know... try acid until after high school. Really? Yeah, it was at Bonnaroo, I think, or something like okay. that. Okay, yeah. So when did you... So, but that, that party atmosphere, you know, I know... I know for me that high school party atmosphere is almost akin to like lot vibes. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> just be like whose parents' house are or whose parents are gone for the weekend. And there was like eight pivotal dudes growing up that would always like have banging parties. Yeah. And in Hanover, like a bunch of the houses are big. So you can have a party with like 30, 40 people, no problem, and you don't fuck up too much shit, you know? Yeah. And um <laughs> I lived on a main street, like, on, you know, the Webster Street. It's a main street. There's no, like, 
you know, my dog ran. Is it like a number? Is it like a numbered route? I got my mask. It's uh, yeah, it is one thirty twenty three. I think it is. And uh, and um, so to get to the closest neighborhood was basically down the pond, and it was like an eight minute walk. And I'd get over to my buddy Bird's house, and Hurley lived next door. Egan lived in between them. My buddy Harrington lived up the street. My buddy Lambert lived at the end of the neighborhood. Yeah. And all of us would just hang out all the time. And, like, Hurley would always have people over. Bird would always have people over. Bird, like, in his basement, his mom, like, wouldn't want us there. (laughs) Hurley's parents were cool. That's exactly like my buddy Jeff, where we we hung out at his his house all the time in his basement. He had his big basement room. He had the Beirut table set up in the basement. You know, there was always, like, 30 people over. (laughs) Yeah. And his mom hated it. But for yeah. some reason, we were just like, he would just be like, don't fucking listen to her. Right. And and she'd come, she'd yell, and then. And you wouldn't know what to do. And Yeah, and then it's uncomfortable for a minute, and then he's like, fuck her. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, but like. Fuck more, your moms, bro. Well, but more like, more like, we're not doing anything that bad. We're hanging we're out. We're Yeah, we, we, we have a beer ball, and, yeah. and we're playing Beirut. Right. Like, we yeah. got we have nowhere else to go. Right. This is where we're hanging out. And it's safer to do it here. And there were definitely, like, a few parents that, like, had that sort of philosophy. I'd rather it happens here in my house than you guys are out driving around drunk and shit. Yeah. But then, yeah, most of what we did was um, partying when people's parents weren't home. But sure. then, like, really where we learned how to party, like long term into the night like till 3 4 a.m and drink the whole time and become <laughs> professional like drinkers yeah that was probably like freshman year of high school me and my boy bird probably snuck out together f- sorry dude 200 <laughs> times or something like like we would it, we all, can take every, names out if you want to but uh, yeah whatever he doesn't give a shit <laughs> okay. um but uh we would sneak out all the time so we'd meet up first and he was the first dude and then we'd grab like one person or two person or girls and then we'd all meet up at the high school yeah okay and we'd go to the high school and we'd drink in the bleachers and we'd you know just like do stupid bullshit and yeah. uh cops would come like basically every time and we'd run away and like <laughs> yes um the hundreds of times <laughs> yeah we would do this you yeah, know yeah. what i mean my mother found me once she called the cops um i was at Grealish's house really yeah and i and i was coming back to my house and i see this cop going like wicked slow so i like died behind a boulder and um, this guy's got his spotlight going like super slow. And then I see him pull into my driveway. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, no. I'm like 15. Yeah. I think uh, I had worked and I had saved up and bought a car. And the car was sitting in my lawn until I got my license. Yeah. And I remember it was there. So I wasn't driving. I was like walking. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I come up and the cops are there and they're in my kitchen. And I like throw all my weed in a bush. And uh my mother's like, there he is, like, searching. And they were like, search him. <laughs> oh, my God. They're like, man, we filed the missing persons report, and, like, the missing person has arrived. Like, this is over for us. <laughs> and she's like, no, you need to search him. I know he has drugs on him. Like, I know he does. Really? And they were just like, man, like, you got to think about doing this to your son. This, like, isn't good. Like, you shouldn't do this. Like, we're done here. Well, because you could get in real trouble if they did find it. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, so they left. Because and... this was, like, when did you graduate high school? Oh, five. Okay, yeah. So early two yeah. thousands, man. I was just talking the yep. the one that's being released this week. We talk about how 
you know, bad weed was Dude, in it was Massachusetts. So bad. We had to be so careful. It's like in looking back, 2000s. you think that you were doing stuff, but today, all the stuff that I was doing back then, I still do today. With, it's legal. With no concern at all. And I've had many interactions with people like cops or like events going in and bringing shit in. And it's just so different. Yeah, It's crazy to even think about that shit, honestly. Yes. Um, like I, I went to a drive-in in the fall and in Massachusetts and the dude was like, uh, you can do you got something else to put this in? I can't let the glass jar in, you know, before that would be taken. We'd be handed over to the cops. Yep. You know, it would be, we'd get arrested and, and have to show up for, for court in the morning. Dude, my father passed away. I was going through the airport and the night before Bernie's like, what can I do for you? I'm like, roll as many fucking joints as you can for me. And I'm just bringing as much shit as I can on my suitcase. So he yeah. rolled like 15 joints. I threw them in a Q-tip box. I had this other box with weed. I had weed stuffed in like a sock and shit. Too. You're so flying. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. And um, I went through, and the buzzer went off. They're like, whose bag? I'm like, my bag. He's like, do you know what's in here? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay. Opens it up, and he's like, okay, um, you. What, we're going to have to call the stadies over here and deal with this. I'm like, dude, I don't have time. When was this? This was in 2018 in, like, May. Okay, so this was recently. Yeah, and I was just like, dude, I don't have time to deal with this shit. My father's, like, on his deathbed right now. I didn't know what the situation was when I was going down there and, like, was freaking out, screaming, yelling, cussing. But it wasn't quite there yet in 2018. I mean, the last two years. No, no, it wasn't quite there, but how the situation ended knew that we were, what we had advanced way far because the the state comes over. And he's like, what's going on? They're like, we've uh, found something that confiscated that he tried to bring on the plane. He's like, what do you got? And they hold it up. He's like, are those joints? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, up. don't call my badge number for marijuana again. Like, we've been over this. Really? Like, there is no need for you guys' contacts but marijuana. He's like, yeah. I mean, Was this TSA causing the stink? The TSA was, yeah. Wow. And, and they were just like, well, JetBlue has made the decision that you can't fly on a JetBlue well, flight with Well, then that's JetBlue. Your... That's not the cops. Right. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. But, but like in 2005, but, I'd be in jail. It would have ruined your life. Right. There's people still, still in, be in. There's people still in jail for that much weed. Right. Yeah. So so having that, I feel like that pressure on us for something that we saw as harmless and that we were doing daily. Mm. You know, we had we were possessing marijuana daily. You daily. know. And so inhaling daily <laughs> inhale and and it was just that I feel like that pressure on us made us party harder. It also made it pretty fucking fun. I'll it say made too. it fun because at it the time it... it was like, I'm the fucking man. Like no yeah. one's going to find the shit. I have this. I have this hustle going on. Like whatever. No one's going to like, yeah, take it. down. If I do any of that shit today, it's like, you're dumb. Yeah. Yeah. You could just go to a store and buy stuff, idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have beers, too. You're the fucking man. What? Like, just that's so over. White Claw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice regs, tool. Like, what do you mean, dude? Oh, you rolled that joint yourself? Wow. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. But, uh, so, um, so... Well, that story I was telling you was uh, basically, oh, yeah, yeah. basically that changed a lot for me because in that moment, I like, after the cops left... With when, your mom. Yeah. Was just like, thanks. You thanks can't ever do that to me again. Like I'm your son. You fuck me over long term, and like you will never talk to me again. Yeah. If that happens. Yeah. And um, she like what ended up happening? Uh, the car got sold. She found me smoking weed in the in my room. Kicked me out. So I had to go move in with dad. Really? When I was 16. Okay. And he lived in Weymouth. He lived above a bar. 
Um, and he was security. I'm security down there. Yeah. You know, like not security. But he's barfly. You know, yeah. li- living in the spare room above the bar. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. And you were I living mean, in the in you were living. It was there. It was an apartment. <laughs> yeah. It was like a two bedroom apartment. Oh, okay. And yeah. I mean, it wasn't that shitty. I make it seem like it was, but like I'm picturing like Horace and Pete. <laughs> it was uh i mean i've been in much better situations basically since everyone since that one but, sure. but uh <laughs> you know at the time it was whatever and like i grew up my my parents split up when i was like six or seven they got divorced and so i had never like lived with my dad as someone that's like knows anything yeah so when we moved in it was very quick to be like this is going to be very different. It was like the first weekend he was out in his underwear, smoking cigarettes, playing the organ, like with this girl and getting shit faced and fucking come on, man. You want to fucking smoke a cigarette with your dad? And be like, dude, all right, like, cool. Wow. Nobody it, was saying no to you anymore. No. Yeah. No. He was like, do whatever you want. Wow. Like, not do whatever you want, but like. And you're 16, you said? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That, that's a very influential age. Yeah, kind of have everything lifted, dude. It was like the third, second day that I was there. He was like, "Hey, can you go over and give me a fifth of VO across the street, liquor store across the street?" I'm like, "No, I'm 16 years old." Yeah, like no. Yeah. He's like, "What do you mean no?" I'm like, "I'm, I'm 16, bro. I can't just like go there and get alcohol for you." Yeah, he's like, "All right, let's go." I'm like, "All right." So we walked over there, and he was just like, "Hey, everyone!" Wrangled everyone in the store, brought everyone together. There was a group, and he was just like, "This is my son. When he comes over, he's buying for me. Anything he wants, you give it to him." Don't fuck with him. And uh, he's my kid. All right. You all got it. They're like, yeah. He's like, all right. So this is what I like. I was like, okay, bought it. And then from then on, yeah, I could get all the beers for all the parties fuck like in high school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. we just go get beer balls, be like, well, what are we doing for tonight? My dad. <laughs> yeah. And I just go get like four thirties. Well, they know too, but they also don't give a shit. It's they don't like, give a shit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And like at that time too, it was like, you know, we were young, so it would be like I'd get to the party and people would give me like $150 for like $60 worth of alcohol. And, I just, and I'd make money off everything I'd touch. You know what I mean? You're always like, a hustler. Always, always hustling. Yeah. Always. So, see, I was always, you know, getting hustled. No, come on. <laughs> come on. I was, I was never I'm getting hustled. I was always, uh, y- you know, uh, adjacent hustle adjacent sure where i would get the hookup but it was because it was something i like to do and so i just made it happen to where i did it for cheap or free i mean that's that's weed yeah that's weed that's how everyone that ever sold weed started to sell weed yeah and i was you know the nice guy that kind of you know i hung out with like you know the guy the kind i hung out with like the sketchier looking guys you know but like the kind of nerdy dudes and the musicians and the band geeks like they weren't afraid of me so they would hit me up sure you know yeah and so i kind of had that market and i'd ride around in my fucking in my uh wood grain wagon with the country 102.5 sticker on the back <laughs> pulling parking lot to parking lot uh, just selling dime bags all afternoon I'll, I'll be honest that was in my top 10 matchbox cars <laughs> like with my collection it was like where's the wood grain at <laughs> it's usually second yeah. or third in the line buick like, century yeah 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 i love that yeah 94 <laughs> yeah great car uh i seized the engine because i'm a moron but <laughs> <laughs> did one of those too <laughs> yeah yeah when pops gave me a truck um around that time that i was living with him too um 
it was uh there was no gas gauge really so we had like a little notebook in there <laughs> and we, you would just have to know like miles per gallon and how long you're going and stuff and wow. like did a good job at it but then just you know one, yeah. one too many times it's just like yeah i never changed the oil i didn't even know you had to change oil yeah and i didn't either with that and then he was like you yeah. seize my fucking engine you didn't change fucking oil i'm like dude all right and then it was just like i was shot i was i was you know shown how to do it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um all right so um you graduate high school in 05 barely barely did you go to college N no 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 well, community I mean, nothing yeah yeah i mean i guess yeah we went to community college but it's just like you know business class i'd show up once every seven classes i still yeah. got an a in that class yeah, yeah it was just like that was just logical how yeah it, it you just, know super like, easy i've already been doing this yeah and um yeah and then there were some other classes where it was like my boy harrington was reminding me too that he was like dude remember like whatever class at massasoit when i used to just like say you were there i'm like no and he would just be like here here um and That's i hilarious. never went and got like a c because it was probably like i was probably a bc student during high school but then like my senior year i got cut from the basketball team because yeah. i had got so, arrested so where so senior so hold on so wh what school was it this is hanover high school no so what school was this community college uh, massasoit where is that Massa, it's in like Brockton. Okay, so still South Shore. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so you get you you were playing basketball in high school and you got kicked off the team for what? Because uh, I got arrested okay. in the off season. Okay. Yeah, and I had worked super hard um, to be a part of that team. I took it super seriously. Played ball every single fucking day. Yeah. To get better, and thought I should have started on that team. You know, and the dude that I played with and worked out with all the time, my best friend, like was an all star right there with him. Yeah. I still resent my coach for cutting me, like, to this day. If I saw him, I'd tell him to fuck himself. Hands might have been tied with the school. It's Yeah, I mean, whatever it was, he, yeah. he wanted white dudes with short haircuts on his team. Yeah. That's what he wanted. He didn't want any color at all, like, really? any way. Like, I had colorful basketball shoes, literally. So it was short. like, ride the fucking bench. <laughs> they just wanted no part of it. And I sucked, really, honestly, until yeah. I was, like, a junior. But um, after that, I just stopped giving a fuck about school in general. Okay. And then it was just like 10 a.m. would come around. I'd just leave. Really? I'd just go play basketball at the court or go fucking smoke weed or go just not come back or do really whatever. I'd get suspended. I was permanently on this thing called Saturday suspension. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where it was like, yeah, you had to spend three or four hours there. And I just got it permanently at really? some point. It was just come to every single one. And the teacher that had it. Won't drop her name, but we had a little agreement, and okay. I just hooked her up with coffee and things she wanted, and I got signed in for every single one, never had to go. Really? So I just worked my way around to, like, not have to do that shit. And You've like, always been, yeah, you, 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 you use your people skills to, you know, yep. keep you out of situations you didn't want to be in. And I just have fun with it. High school was so fun. Like, I'd just walk around into classes with teachers I was cool with, sit on the desk, talk to their, listen to their class, like, help them teach their class, leave, go smoke a cigarette in the parking lot, like, leave, do whatever. So you're not taking school seriously, but when we, we you know, I graduated in 07, and, um, you know, in that time, it was like, you got to go to college. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what my mother was, too. Like, my mother really, it was kind of similar to Same. yours. Because yeah. it was like, she really... For whatever reason, my mother's a super hard worker, but just always, like, 
regretted not graduating college because she thought I could have taken her further with stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she always, since I was young, like pushed that on me, pushed that on me, like that's happening, it's happening. Yeah. And when I got there, I was really just passionate about um, acting okay. and doing performance sort of things. You, were you acting in school? Yeah, like I was Romeo in Romeo and Juliet really? in the play. And I didn't know that. Yeah, I had a role in all those sort of things. That's cool. Like when we were coming up in eighth grade, we had this thing called performance troupe, and we'd all wear these white robes and do synchronized dances, and we'd all have songs, and like you'd have to audition for the song, get picked, and then you'd be the one to perform it with a band of like your friends. That's cool. Yeah, so always was into stuff like that and like looked into SNL because SNL was really what I wanted to end up on. That's yeah. what was, was always my goal. Okay. How do I get there? Did you and, look at comedy? Well, or like it, sketch comedy? Or? Yeah, but I wanted to not pursue that out of the gate for some reason. I wanted to pursue like the Broadway angle for some reason at that really? time. Just thinking that that was the way to get I in there. Because I'd stick out. Yeah, I mean, you know, when the fuck are we going to talk about the shit? But yeah, then, that's that. I've, I'm finding out that more and more that it's like, you don't, you know, we didn't talk about ourselves. We talked about no. the situation. Right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. we partied a lot, but it's like, we're already six deep when we hang out. It's like, yeah. we're not having these... Yeah, Talks. you're not having you're not having real. You th you feel like you're having heart to hearts, and you're just it's. it's... You're kind of fucked up on Molly. <laughs> is what you are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. That's exactly um, what it is. Um, so I I had like they had this um, at University of Hartford in Connecticut. They have this program called the Heart School. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, couple, I was looking at that too. Yeah, so you have to go down there. You have to audition. They only select like two percent of the people that audition. So what? I auditioned and I got picked. Really? Yeah, and they gave me a scholarship for like thirty percent of the cost, um, and some other shit. And I had some other opportunities too. I applied to a bunch of schools I didn't get into, but I got into like um, what the fuck I had to get into? Franklin Pierce, just like not real options, but just like my sister colleges. Went. Yeah, they were yeah. Like to me, it was just like I saw them at the college fair. Was yeah, like yeah. like I'll apply. Sure, yeah. right? Because to make my mother happy, really. Sure. And um, so hard school, I just kind of was gonna do that. And um, this kid, Kevin Devaney, was going down there from my high school, and we were gonna be roommates. We set all that up went to orientation and then i just remember one day we were driving me and my mother in the car and i was like so they sent that letter and that payments due to university of hartford like what are we going to do about that and she just goes how are we going to take care of that like do you have any ideas i'm like you didn't try to get loans or like, I'm not, you didn't know I'm, just don't, you didn't know how to go about it it had no fucking clue how to go about it really? no clue and my mother was just kind of like deer in the headlights and yeah it just very quickly became not an option that's too bad um and that i think is the time where i just didn't want to be in a situation where i couldn't do something because of money like i was never going to let that happen wow. i was never going to let that happen to me or anyone in my family like fucking again wow um that's incredible and that's 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 a lot of what articulates and the business makes the the just the drive that i yeah. always have yeah and, and have had really since then because then yeah so so because th then when i met you you were doing this resale business yeah and yep. is that kind of the first business that you had kind of pop or work out in a, in a way yeah i mean that's the first business that i started and was 
It's the first business you started. It, it, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first business I started. Yeah, um, and and it started big really quick. Like I started a website and I did fifty grand in sales like the first week. You're just in the right place at the right time to do the that Amazon. You know, met the right people. You didn't have to touch too much product. You kind of worked work stuff through. Or were you well, were you it getting product from that? First? I mean, how it initially started is I worked. Um, for this company called Ari Mentor, and it's this uh, there's, there's this guy David Lindahl. He's a super successful real estate investor nationwide. He's from Abington, Mass. Okay, and he's got eight thousand apartments across yeah. the country. Okay, and came into his business and he bought he uh, does trainings, seminars, real estate coaching. Yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. So I came in and I just applied for the job on Craigslist. I wasn't qualified for it, but I nailed my interview, and I called the guy like ten fucking times. And he just told me he hired me because I hounded him. Yeah. So gave yeah. me a shot. I had a three-month trial. Came in there, and it's just you walk in, and there's a big sales board. It says everyone's numbers. And you know who's first and who's last and who's going to get fired and who's killing it. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you make 20% on the money you um, bring in. Wow. And this kid Nathan was there, and he had like 45 grand up. And I was like, wait, wait a second. You're going to make $9,000 this month? He's like, well, yeah, so far. Like, there'll be more sales this month. I was like, wait a minute. Whoa, what the fuck? Like, tell me more. You yeah. Know? So I attached to him, and my second month, I did like 28 grand Holy in sales. Holy shit. I was like, I just made five Gs. Sick. Wow. And then, um, you know, a couple months later, I was on the road. I was doing live events, you know what I mean? Making serious fucking money. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. You um, told me a little bit about that. But so this is so this is almost directly inspired to, you know, like you you had this aspiration that you couldn't do for money and then you and then you was how long after that did you fall into this situation man it was probably like two or three years because i detoured and did this shit well, that's with, really um, quick two or three years is you know yeah no for sure i mean when we kind of got into when i was in mass so after high school um mike i need money's little brother worked at fenway park yeah i think he still fucking works there um yeah yeah and he got us all in there me Grealish, my buddy jordan um other kids too and yep. we were in there buying and selling merch they had like 13 stands and i was an alternate okay so i'd go in there and i'd have stands and i'd sell the t-shirts and hats at the games okay um and that shit was awesome and made me and it was basically the harder that you push people to sell and the better you were at sales and customer service and like upselling and stuff like that the more money you'd make and it's just talking to people and that was just they pay you 10 percent off of the money you collect okay so commission yeah 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 and like um we, we got to work the world series and we did like fun shit and it was cool and yeah then um i just opened my mouth and complained too much basically and they just got rid of me because like the, you had to play a certain amount of games to maintain your seniority okay and i was in there chirping just like you don't reward the best salespeople. like there's no way for me to get higher on the list like at yeah. all and they're just like shut up yeah like are you kidding me squeaky wheel shit yeah, right yeah and um, just one year, they kind of cleaned out a bunch of us. But so you got a little more direct to customer, you know, corporate style sales experience. Yeah, for sure. And like, I, I understood now their process. I'd see like the truck come in and give them the inventory. Then they take it all in. And they like, I'd spend a lot of time in the office with the manager just shooting the shit with her after my shift. Okay. And she was running all the inventory through Fenway Park. Like everything that you spend money on that's not food was touching her so hands. you just always sniffed out you know who's doing what and and 
figured out how to do it. Yeah, and I was just like, and honestly, like she was cool, but I was just like, honestly, I'm, I can, I could do this. Yeah, and like you're making like one fifty a year doing this. Yeah. Like, okay. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Like, but just seeing that path, like I want to build something where I'm not trading my time for hours. Like this shit just doesn't work. Yeah. You know, and I need in a sales environment, I need to have limitless potential and have the same shot as everyone else. Or I'm not going to be happy. Sure. And then I just walked in our mentor and then it was just evolved into this really great opportunity. It was exactly and, what you were looking for. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was, there was no cat potential of, yeah. of what you could do. It was as hard, however hard you wanted to work and whatever con connections you were able to make. Right. And, and, and like as a salesperson, like you came in and there wasn't much training. It was kind of just figure it out. And I attached to this kid, Nathan, and he, he showed me a lot, but it was just in his way. Okay. It was probably six or eight months in. They brought in this dude, Joel. And Joel um, was like, I got this dude, Jody, coming. And this dude, Jody, coming is a fucking rock star. And it was like, okay. And it was like the second coming of Christ is on his fucking way. <laughs> and Joel was amazing. He had like tons of great insight, ways to connect with people and communicate with people. And we go do live events and he'd pull real money. So it was like, I had quickly gained respect for him. So what were you selling? So we were basically selling real estate education. So we're marketing all out there for like free events. And you come to our free event. You hear this shit on the radio still. Yeah. Come down to the Holiday Inn and we're going to, you know, spend the weekend with you and show you how to invest in multifamily real estate. Do you think it, it for people who, you know, don't have that type of connection or don't have that type of mindset, do you think it is a helpful product? Uh, that's honestly why I fell succeed? out of love with it. That's why I fell out of love with it because then I started to see what it actually was. Okay. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, some people did great with it. Some people became millionaires. Kind some of all people that did stuff it. is. It, it's, it really comes down to the individual, how hard they worked. Yes. A lot of the people would be like, it's not working for me. It's like, how many real estate brokers did you call this week? None. When how did you many, get up this uh, morning? Dude, seriously. And yeah. the people that kill it, killed it and like figured it out where. Yeah. Um, I just came to a point where I just kind of like, honestly, the leads stopped flowing as, as, as much as they were. And it kind of just en ended up getting stagnant. Sure. And the owner's cousin was there running this business, the eBay guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just like, okay, eBay guys over there in the corner. This and it was cool. new then it was a pretty new. Yeah. Yeah. He had, he had been into it for a while, but, um, he was just on eBay and started talking to him and I was like, what are you doing? Like, what is your hustle? He's like, so like I, I buy products from uh, major retailers, like store returns, shelf pulls, and it'll be new items. And I, I resell them on eBay. Overstock. Yeah. Shelf pulls. Style. Like if a box gets broken, most it's when people return stuff and they don't repackage the product the right way. Really? That's like most of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. And it was through Best Buy. It's a still a website out there, Tech Liquidators. You okay. can just go on there and buy stuff and resell yeah. it. And uh, he was buying like I know I bought I still buy a lot of my stuff through that style reseller. Like sure, I don't care about packaging if the product People is don't it, realize, the product. But probably eighty percent of the stuff that everyone buys on Amazon yeah. is from. People like that. Yeah. You don't know that it is, but it is. I will tell you how. Yeah, you can know, but yeah, it, and and that's where it's like, okay, yeah, am. Amazon isn't this big bad. It's like Amazon is actually, you know, sure. It's a resale platform. Yeah, they're they're enabling these small businesses to even exist. Yeah, like they have their own selling account and you can beat against them as a seller, but once you figure out what you're doing, you're just they're just another seller. Now there there's have you seen just a sidetrack? Have you seen these new um 
you know, like side hustle like videos where it's like, oh all right, God. If, if you go if you go here and find this for this price and then you so can sell it for this price and you're making like two dollars a unit yeah. and it's like just by putting things together. So that's called retail arbitrage. So so it's a little different. There's basically what we were doing and I did retail arbitrage too. We did a mix of both, honestly. But retail yeah. arbitrage is like I go to physical stores. Like on Black Friday, I'm that psychopath of a rental truck. I've a done the Black Friday. I spent thirty five thousand yeah, dollars on Black Friday before. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? And um, resell all that shit. Like when I, it's on sale, and it's like, oh, this is five dollars off for like a DVD or something, and right. and you can turn it around and okay, that's five dollars on that unit. Perfect. Right. You yeah, know? yeah. And and some examples, you know, every example is different. But like Black Friday, for example, like the first year we were out there, it was like they had these Nikon cameras. They're 99 bucks. They're usually 300 and they're on sale for like 250 Okay. And when you get into it, you know, there's like thousands of other resellers buying the shit on Black Friday, too. Yeah. So the first year, I didn't know any better. We just got a U-Haul truck, went out there. I just took the whole shelf and people are yelling up oh, that they're, they're taking them. They're taking them. They're taking them all. And like when we were checking out, like five, six people chased us down. And I wasn't going to take them away from people that wanted them. You want them, you can get them. Off the conveyor belt, giving them to people. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's like no big deal. But I like I knew when I got up to check out how many of those cameras you get. We got 79. It's like, okay, I got 62 of them. Wow. You know, and then I'd flip them all in like three days. Yeah. You know, for 175 bucks, make 75 bucks that many times. And it's a lot of days. money on a turnaround. Times thousands and thousands and thousands of items. It's a business. Yeah. You know, so how long did you do that business? Um, well, I mean, it accelerated quick. So when I met that dude's cousin, he was working there, and the leads were kind of. And we're dead talking and... like three years after high school. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably 23 at this time. Yeah. 22. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably three or four years after high school. So young, it's young to you know yeah. be looking at a pretty stable, not maybe not stable long term, but like you know. Well, the job too. You it's know, a I'm, high. It's it's a lot of income well, for a young. Man. Yeah, for sure. And like, I'm looking at friends that are like trying to figure out how to get their next thirty thousand dollars to give some dumb fucking school, and I'm like, oh, I just made ninety racks this year. Yeah, like I can pay my bills to my mother and stuff. You like are, no wow. fucking problem. You know what I mean? And I wanted to walk away from that because I was just done with it. Um, so like I told my boss, hey, I'm gonna take a couple weeks and decide if I want to work here anymore. So I'll let you know. Work for the reseller. Uh, no, work for the real estate company. Oh, for the re so so toward the end of the real estate, you got a little disillusioned for it. The 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 leads weren't panning out. The money wasn't coming in like it I used got, to. Yeah, I just got sick of it. And, and that's when you stumbled into this eBay reseller. Yeah, so he's in the same building, and I'm talking to him, and just like, "What's your hustle?" And he's like, "Oh, well, I get you. Yeah, if you want to try it, it's five hundred bucks. I'll give you a box, and the shit's worth like eight fifty. You so can you sell went it on from eBay. you went from real estate right into this yeah, high I, profit. Yeah. So what happened was it was probably like in uh, April, I bought the first box for 500 bucks, sold all that stuff on eBay in like two weeks for like 1500. Wow. And, and I still had like six stuff. He keeps giving me like cameras with no box and I'm just selling them like at 99 cent listings. And they were selling for like, some of them sell for a lot. Some of them don't, but your law of averages worked out. And yeah, turn and the you're first... putting it up for auctions. On yep. eBay. Yeah, on eBay. Some yeah. buy it now, mostly auctions though. Okay. Shipping everything myself out of my mother's kitchen. Yeah. And, and this um, was before like ShipStation or anything, you know. This th is before anybody made it easy. This is before I, I, I figured out how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or had to. Yeah. You know. And um yeah, so uh started doing that and then I bought like a two thousand dollar box and turned that into like four G's. And like in the first month I made like thirty five hundred bucks profit. Wow. 
And then in the second month, I made like eight, nine thousand dollars. Holy shit. So I was just like, first of all, real estate boss, I'm gonna need a month to tell you <laughs> if I wanna work here anymore. Wow. You over here, how do I I love you grow with you more? <laughs> yeah. You know? And yeah, he yeah. was like, Well, if you like can get your hands on some money then we can buy like bigger loads and I'll bring you in on that side. And I was like, how big are the loads? He was like 10,000 bucks. We can buy a truck full of shit. I was wow. like, let's fucking buy it. So we bought it. And then, um, and then it just started rolling from there. Then he was like, you know, instead of selling yourself, you can, but let's supply my students. Because okay. he was selling students a coaching program of how to show up. them. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't have a way to supply them with product. Okay. So now he was, that. he was creating these $500 boxes. Yep. And like he got you in on it right. first. Yeah. Right. So he was he was physically putting those together. It's not something he's getting from something else. Exactly. That's his business is creating these this learning programs, setting people up. Exactly. You know, he's making a little bit of money on the box, but really he's his 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 income from that is from his students continuing to get product from him. And paying him five G's for a coaching program. Oh. So that's where he was focused. Okay. And you were familiar with that. You had already come from it. the yeah, right. It, it was they were selling the shit at our events. Wow. Like, so it was like just another people where some of the five percent of the attendees would do that program. Okay. Sort of thing. And wow. uh so I was just like, you know, let's just start supplying the students. Let's just focus on the product. Fuck these mm -hmm. seminars and like the coaching. Let's just like focus on this. Yeah. So then, yeah, we created this but you company. You need to teach people how to do it. You know, you, you, you like, you're educating your customers well, at that right. point. Well, right. So I figured, like, okay, you guys have that side of the business handled. I'll focus on the product side. I see. So I then see. we started this new company, and that's what it was. Mm -hmm. I brought in my, my buddy Felzo and, um, like, Kelsey's husband, Stefan, worked there. Mm -hmm. um, Grealish's brother worked there. Connor. Really? Um, yeah, and we basically just, yeah, we'd get trucks in and it'd come with like 4,000 things and we'd go through and we'd test the shit and we'd have shelves and rows oh, you're and aisles. you're hands and on product. Hands on product. So what we eventually did, like we sold loads of wholesale stuff to the students that were coming in. Yeah. And then eventually he was like, do you want to coach people? Like you could make, um, 50 bucks, uh, call off these people. And basically you can invoice me for like five grand each student. Yeah, or, and now no, what was it? It was like six, seven hundred bucks per student. But then, like, you can really like make these people good sellers, and then they'll want to buy stuff off. Exactly. You. I was like, okay, so started doing that, and over the course of like two years, I coached 125 students, and some of them were fucking rock stars, man. And I loved it when we did it. Like, I worked so fucking hard for it. I got a couch in my office and fucking slept there often. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, we moved into Kelton at the same time. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. This is I was just thinking. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, we don't necessarily need to loop in the party storyline. You know, I'm I'm interested in this business stuff, but you know, but it they go hand in hand because okay, you're seeing a lot of money come through, and you like to party. Yeah. So now it brings your party game up a level. Well, and at this time too, now now I'm growing the business, so it's not like there's money on hand. It's just. Bigger loads, bigger loads, more product, more sales, where I it's see. just building you're, you're, into this fucking investing. wheel. Yeah, yeah. It's not like a buying Rolexes, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And you're it's you're just putting like, your money into product because you know that product is going to turn into expert unit and it's going right. to continue like, to feed like itself. Once you go from, I have 10,000 to buy inventory to 25 to 50 to 100, mm -hmm. once you have 100 grand, you can get so much better volume-based deals and yeah. you're participating now in a new You're buying circle. pallets from distributors. Well, well 
well, yeah, but more importantly, you're in a new circle now where people have more money. Okay. Where you're basically the bottom feeder on the higher tier. You're level up. Yeah. And like that, it just opened up so many like opportunities as far as product coming in. So, So, so we were able to build that. And then like, what product did you like to work with electronics? It, yeah, it was all electronics. It was sh- it was all shit from Best Buy, and it was basically uh, you, you'd, you'd have still to take Best Buy. Okay. yeah, you'd have to take a bunch of crap to get their good stuff. So okay. it'd be like I'd have a manifest list of the four thousand products, and there was stuff that we wanted at the time. Three D glasses were huge. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like for eighty bucks, but, you'd sell but them Best Buy and, is also DVDs. Best Buy is also toasters. Dude, Best Buy is also yeah. Everything. It's Minnesota Vikings toasters. It's Lady Gaga toothbrushes. It's fucking yeah. tons of uh, pre-owned refrigerators. It's basically hard goods, you know, Macy's. Yeah. Hard goods Sears. Like, I would do a yard sale to liquidate the stuff, clear stuff. I, I've done the $4,000 yard sales. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah, you yeah. sold 100 wall mounts at a, at a wall sale, I at remember, a yard sale once. I remember when we were... Yeah, on Cambridge, we... we <laughs> We were just doing a yard sale of our shit that we didn't want a to A normal move. yard sale. Yeah, and you were like, yo, let me get in on this yard sale, dude. I'm like, okay. Oh, oh yeah, when I tried to tell. Oh, yeah. So you see, that one, yeah, that wasn't happy about that at the time. What happened? I don't well, really remember. Well, so what happened is I, I just yeah, remember you like. Because at that I mean, time, I was doing somewhere. it on my on my own. I had left the company. We kind of had a falling out, and me and Felza left, and I just took like my IRA account that I had been building from the real estate company, and we started buying our own product. Okay. Me and just him. Okay. And we were buying storage lockers, like yeah. storage wars. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, I see. see and see, see. selling everything now, yeah. and like weird shit. And it's like, it's kind of spiraling a little bit at this point. It's and it was. Yeah. And it was. And yeah, it, yeah. And it definitely was. Well, let's so let's get back to um. So you're at Kelton. You're you're partying hard. I'll, I'll just address that how I heard fr- of you was because uh my buddy was oh, I love coming over i haven't seen that kid in a long time heard he's doing well yeah yeah i have too so he was like heading over and i was like let me like come with you and he never would he would always be like <laughs> he would always be like no no no. i'm just gonna go like, you're gonna right. die if you go there yeah he, for i don't know why but i was also i for for like half of that year i was in san diego okay i had just got like i graduated college went out to san diego right didn't really work out and then uh came on back came on back and that's when you know going to hang out with you and it's like it was just an it's funny to hear too that anyone would ever not be welcome there because that's why that house was so wild it was just a fucking open door dude and people would just walk in that's how you know we we were we were it was a little dark (laughs) life was a little dark at that point and and, uh i get it (laughs) yeah yeah and uh so so yeah so I kind of vaguely heard about it, but then after the, literally, I moved from that house in with Color Channel on right. Cambridge on on Cambridge, and that's when and that's when I met you guys, and then realized were we like, already living there? Yes. When you okay? Yeah, because Color Channel, they didn't realize that you guys like grew up together too, and and like right. grew up you know near each other, and they they called you guys uh, the Gremlin House. The ground, <laughs> and uh, nope. not wrong. No, no, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, and I just like went on over. I was like, Rumblin' sound like my people. Yeah, dude, I remember <laughs> you. I was just like, dude, look, the, the, this friendly new dude that's always around. What's your name? Like, who the yeah, fuck? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because again, there was just 
people coming up and then just making themselves part of the family was like a thing we did in Austin at that point. Okay. You weren't like a... I didn't really realize. I just started hanging out. You were like out. the 14th dude like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I so didn't it was realize just like, oh, what up? And obviously, you know, you've, you've been able to separate yourself since then. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I roll. Like, that's how, you sure. know, I kind of cycle through and I do... I, I'm, I'm always like, okay, this was fun. What's next? Yeah. You know, that's just how I've always been. Yeah, for sure. Chapters, bro. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you, you know, in the last few years, I've been just just work, just focus, just career, just learning how to right. learn how to level up, you know, that that way. Dude, I'm not capable. Phys- I could never party like we partied then. No. Ever again. No. I could never do it. Yeah. And, and honestly, the young man's game. The Cambridge was Cambridge was fucking mild in comparison. Yes. Like Kellen Street was a problem. Kelm Street, Street was a I heard problem like there was for like, the whole community. It was a yeah, problem. Yeah, there was like homeless people walking in off the street. There was like Dude, they had like bullets and boards at the place across the street. Like, please vo- like um call the cops on them like every fucking day. Like, we need them out of our community. Really? They're ruining our community, blah, blah, blah. Jesus. I mean, we were. Yeah. We, we were. We were animals. So what's so funny about that <laughs> is that before that, so I had already been in Austin for a long time by the time I met you guys. Uh, sure. I sure. like like I And was... I hadn't. <laughs> really? The first party I went to in Austin was at my fucking house. Oh, see, I got to Austin in two thousand seven. Okay. Oh, yeah. So you're the OG. And, and but like I went to school and 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 I went to audio school and so and everybody was in bands and so we were just throwing parties so that our bands had somewhere to play right and we were just playing for each other sure. you know and and we ended up we ended up doing very similar things where like they had a SWAT they they had a whole they had a whole police division focused on killing our underground shows <laughs> like, like underground party killers yeah so like like we we you know it was like this alden street house and this hooker street house and like and like we were throwing these parties that like started with you know just 30 kids from college mm. and turned into 300 people spilling into the street with multiple kegs you know everybody just right. showing up right you know and kind of and like it happened over a few years and so i had already kind of been spit out of that and like left town oh yeah yeah <laughs> and for came sure. back and rolled in with you guys right you know so so I had already, I was already part of that, like, you know, the, this, this is a neighborhood, you know, you guys are too loud, like cops were coming every party, it was like, right, right. you know, and then it just, it, it literally got to a point where it's like, we can't even live here anymore. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's honestly, I mean, we were basically forced to leave um <laughs> honestly but uh that kelton street house specifically like yeah it was just it was just wild like it, it, it was it was just cool well, we just didn't give a fuck and we'd have huge parties and we would let anyone come to them and we'd go to shows all the time like anyone at middle east that was cool anyone that was at, like any of the venues around one of our or great scott were like literally two like, streets down yeah yeah so we'd always be doing stuff there, but like Middle East, um, there was this other place that did house stuff um, near Middle East. What was that place called? You remember that place? 
near the Middle East. Oh, it was like a block over, and it was, it was like this. Over. It was it like was... this hall. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I never, I never ended up there, but I dated a girl who lived across the street from it, and I'd I like sit on this. Called. It feels so bad. I'd like I hang on. It, but... It's like there was. Um, like, I'd, there's like a we parking were there lot all the time. Really, like any DJ we liked. Okay. That was in the techno scene or Detroit techno or any of that shit, which we got really into in that era. Like, okay. we th th that was the place. So then we'd always just when we talked to people, we just tell them our address. I told the address to like five thousand people in Boston. And you, you didn't know give a I shit. Mean? We didn't give a fuck. Yeah. No. It, and like, um, yeah, because it was just like destroy the shit, break the shit, and like I had the biggest room in the house, which I just willingly paid more for because it had a bedroom attached to it, and like I tried to keep that. Like a home sort of vibe. This is like lock the door. Like you lock the door. Let I everything like happen outside. Have, I could be relaxed and like chill. But then like once a party came, it took like days to put together. And like the, yeah. the, the living room was just ridiculous, dude. Like we would clear out all the couches to make a dance floor. Wow. And we all thought we were fucking DJs. So we'd play the loudest music we possibly could from like 6 p.m. till like 6 in the morning the following day sometimes like yeah. we would just go 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 and like wow yeah cops would come at some parties like five times throughout the course yeah. of the night just be like dude can you please stop this shit and like we'd hang it on the roof and there'd be just bears everywhere and like you know Grealish moved in at one point and like Dude, the party would end and like the Asian can collector people would come around with their bucket and we just open the door and they'd come in and ransack our whole house and just like <laughs> clean up the 7,000 fucking cans. We'd get kegs like every Friday and Saturday. And yeah. that's just like welcoming it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. So then when I met you, it was the year after that. And I remember, I remember when we first met, you were a little cold just because you you were sick of the stranger vibe I, I, at that I was point. So, sick so it, of it makes dude. total yeah. sense. Yeah, like it, it started becoming a point where it was just like people would totally just come in and try to take over your space, and like yeah. they wouldn't fucking leave. Or I would literally just be asking people to leave, and they wouldn't. So then you just have to be a dick about it. Sure, be like, no, dude, I'm not asking. Like, get the fuck out of my house now. Like, yeah. leave fucking now, or we have a problem. And yeah. you'd have to be like that with people. See, and it was I, just annoying. I've always prided myself on not being, you know, the lingerer. I, right. I can feel a vibe. And most people and it's are like, cool. It's time and and not honestly, to too, after we partied enough, there, that's why the cops coming became a good thing. Yes, because every time the cops come, all the critters and strangers people you don't know would leave and run away and they wouldn't they come back to cops. your house yeah, yeah, yeah. if yeah. the cops came you know what i mean so and the cops probably knew that you know they probably knew like these guys have lost control Dude, of yeah house. like there were definitely conversations where it would but like because me and tio would usually have the conversation like who was the less fucked up can has to talk to the cops and it would be like look i only know like 10 of the 50 people here like, yeah. i would love for them to get out yeah you know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm trying to end the party. Wow. You yeah, yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. So then when we met, you guys were kind of uh coming down the other side of that. It was a little more tight knit. Yep. There wasn't as many strangers around. I like that better. I don't like a big I don't like a big fucking, you know, stranger weirdo party. Like I for sure. I prefer to hang out where I know everybody. It was a room. totally different crew of characters, which yeah. was really that thing. Like when I moved into Kelton. This dude walked down the stairs, and I was like, are you Neil? And he was like, yeah. I was like, what's up, dude? And yeah, yeah. that's how I met him. And yeah, yeah. He was my roommate. Oh, I yeah, never yeah. met him before. <laughs> you know? <laughs> my, my boy, I Need Money, vouched for him, but, like, I Need Money loved to go to shows and party. He was a writer for the Phoenix, so yeah. he was had to go to sh every show for yeah. his job. And, um, 
you know, Catron was there, T.O. was there, and me and Neil, and we just loved to get fucked up and drink and, you know, do drugs and party and do fucking whatever. And sure. then, like, by the time we got to Cambridge, people had moved out because people fell out of love with that shit pretty quick, you know what yeah. I mean? And then you had, like, Pistorino moved in, Alley, um, Grealish, and, they, they and so, kind, Scott kind, McHugh. It kind of, it kind of, like, it was the where it was still welcoming, but it was like, you know, if you're not a regular, if you're not somebody that like we are learning to care about, like you're not really welcome. Well, for yeah, for sure. And it was just like people were just so like trying to take, 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 take. Because the thing at the Kelton House, we had like cool parties. Like I'd go and get the essentials for a party, which are like tons of waters. And like, dude, if you want girls at your party, you need toilet paper, you need paper towels, you like need these things in stock, or they're sure. gonna fucking go home. And like tons of food and like shit like that, and like kegs. You know, just all the time. And then people would just love to take advantage. That's... Like them be in your cabinet. Like, oh, can I have this captain's? It's like, no, motherfucker. You fucking can't. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Who are you? <laughs> What's your Trevor? I don't know, Trevor. Get the fuck out. Like... Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I remember. And then you just babysitting. I remember one annoying. time I set up a guy for that. I was like, he's like, can I drink this captain's? I was like, go ask Lutz. Was that one of the last nights? Because I think it was, I remember I think that it was the last one. Yeah. I remember that I was guy. like, go ask Lutz. He's like, who's Lutz? I'm like, then you don't get any captains, man. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Please bounce. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was that guy. I was just like, buddy, honestly, I honestly you came think, here and I, I we... honestly think that last one was my bad. I think <laughs> because what happened was just, just, that one. just to come just clean that about one. that one. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. But I just remember that one specifically because I got pretty hammered at the bar. And then I ran into somebody I went to high school with. No. And I was like, come over. And I didn't realize she was with like a dozen people. Right. Well, that's that's Austin's got a couple crews like that. And you yeah. know the person that starts that whole thing. I won't drop her name. But like there was one person that was just like. And I never liked to be that way. I just saw this person. I was like drunk and happy. And I was and it hmm. was like, oh, sorry. Hmm. My bad. Yeah. I remember that dude literally came in and was just like, uh, yo, bro, are you loots? And I was like, what up? He was like, can yeah. I have some of that captains? I was like. Dude, honestly, this is like our last night here. We're trying to hang out with our friends. No one knows who you are. Like, can you just leave? I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember Bernie came up and Bernie's like, hey, uh, you want me to get him out? I was like, no doubt. I didn't really know Bernie then. <laughs> and Bernie just like came back in. He's like, he's gone. I was like, Bernie's cool, dude. Fuck yeah. For a while, I didn't even come in the house. For a while, I just hung out on the porch. And then when the party moved inside, <laughs> and then when the party moved inside, I, I would leave, you know? And it was like... I mean, honestly, that's kind of part of it, too. Like, Cambridge was boxy, and there were rooms with only so many seats and stuff. Kelton yeah. was not like that. Kelton was, you open the door, and it was a big, wide-open space. I see, yeah. So it was just, dude, you could literally dip in there and take the first corner, and then the second, and then you're in. And then you're in the bathroom, somehow. Like, <laughs> yeah, you could yeah. actually work your way into the party, and no one even fucking saw you, like... See, I was just uh, by that time I was just over party because I had because we had that party house on Pratt Street, you know. Yeah, Pratt Street was the, a problem the year before. Yeah, we had you know like like we had one party. It was our buddies going away party, and for some reason, some everybody thought it was hilarious just to throw glass bottles down the stairs into our base into our basement level where there were bedrooms. Like, it just became funny to do that. And it was like, okay. So post Alston, um, <laughs> so post Alston, you, uh, you got into cannabis. 
Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that wasn't really told. So tell, yeah. Yeah. So, tell, well, you went out and worked on the mountain for, for a season. Yep. And and that's kind of how you got into cannabis, right? You kind of learned yeah. the business. Yeah, what out these dudes there, were doing. Right? Yep. That was in and, Willow Creek. Okay. And then and then you come back from there and you land in Maine. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, do you want to uh, do you want to walk me through that at all or uh, I mean sure sure yeah I, I just want to get to where I want to go now is uh, I want to I want to get to how you got into cannabis and how you got into Maine and then we're back yeah for sure for sure so I mean I should say too cannabis has always been a thing cannabis never went anywhere I see always part of my life yeah you know just as far as a business you know, not so much until we, yeah, we road tripped. We drove from Hanover across the country to, you know, weed grown world. Northern California. Yep. Yep. And seeing how these dudes do business out there and girls too. But, uh, cause that was like, that was the start of, you know, the business. Yeah, for that sure. People, Just, people have been doing it. It's the business is tight out there. It's still, it was still pretty, it was just becoming legal, but it was still run illegally. Oh, for sure. Like, there, there was fucked up shit happening out there. Like, dudes getting tied up and robbed. Kind of the wild fucking, west. Yeah, exactly. Crazy stories but and stuff. The yeah. business, be, but that's because the business aspect of it became so tight. You know, when a business becomes tight like that, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars at play. Yeah, I mean, out there it was still very much gray area. Like, there was definitely some, they were moving towards... Um, Things things being more chill, but like there was still just a lot of a lot of violence. And what so was a mutual friend there. of ours had a farm. Yeah. And you went out there. You were like, I gotta get out of Boston anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like and, lease was up and it was just like, let's just and, do something cool. And so you were and you you and a couple of our other friends went out there and just spent it uh was it just one season on his farm? Yeah, yeah. We were out there for man, it like eight weeks. I want to say. Did you learn anything out being out there? Oh, yeah, definitely, for what, sure. What did you Learned learn a lot. Um, well, I was out there, too, and our buddy, like, he knew that I had a background in, like, business and stuff like that, so he knew that it was, like, um, like just right away he started talking to me about, 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 like, his business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we got money in here. We get to do this. We, here's our investor. Here's, like, the points we're paying on our loan and, like, just talking to me about that sort of shit. So really just started to get a feel of like how much these fucking things cost, how much labor is, how much these places could actually like produce. Yeah. Um, just the trimming side of it, like trimming. We were so was getting... he kind of looking for, you know, he, just he to was run just looking for trimmers. Was he, oh, he was just looking for trimmers. Yeah. But where do you guys have conversations where he would kind of like, you know, run things through your head a little bit? Yeah. 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 Like very, very like, and so you're kind of like able to bits and pieces of that, like not a lot by any means, okay. but like, wh like when you drive to town with the guy, it's like, oh, let's go to town and get groceries to come off the hill. It's like, that's a four-hour fucking thing. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so you, you got car time, talking, yeah. you know what I mean? And it was just really that. But then, like, that was me seeing this is a business. This isn't just, like, an illegal fucking sort of bullshit it's, situation. It's almost like when you got into the real estate thing and you were like, how can I really make this work? Yeah. Yeah, like, you, how would I do it? You kind of have that hawk eye. Like, when yeah. you look at a business, you're like, oh, this can work. For me. Right. Especially too after coming off the coaching, because like there were some students that were like 
here's my business I want to do. Help me do that. Okay. So like I, uh, we created like a makeup business with someone together, which is something I've never fucking done before or since. Wow. And like, that's one example of probably 15, 20 like that, that have, there've been a lot of situations where then your experience builds to this like widespread sort of group of businesses. You can almost you know touch I mean? anything at that point. Well, you just have an understanding of how businesses grow and and it's easy to then, it becomes easier to like look at a business and sit down with a business owner, talk to them about their business and then really within one conversation, like understand the weaknesses or things they need to work on because they're not. So you've developed a consultant to. skill. Pretty much. By this point. Yeah, yeah, at that point. Yeah. yeah. And um, so now you're out on the farm. And, and just trimming. And, and you're lot. basically on vacation more or less, but you're living living on the mountain yeah. in a tent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Weed. A bunch of shit we bought from REI and returned right when the trip was over. <laughs> $1,000 tent. Like, dude, this tent's expensive. I was like, it's all going back. Wow. And it did. Okay. It all went back. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. yeah, we were up there and... Um, just really hustled, just ate a shitload of Adderall, honestly, and yeah. just fucking would grind for like 14, 16 hours. And you got good at it because that's how, that's what you needed, you know. And then you used that when you got back here. You were like, well, this guy's now looking for tremor. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Like, cause also that was, it was kind of similar to like the sales thing. It was like, wait, so here are the players in the game and who does the most and how much do you make? And then it was like, I'm going to trim the most and make the most here. But you, and, but you also understand that, you, okay, I'm going to play my part in this. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Yeah. It was like, you can trim as much as you can. I did 49 pounds in like seven weeks. He paid me like, I was set six, seven grand or something like wow. that. So I was pumped and like, okay, I should go do this like closer to me or whatever. And it was just kind of a bug in the air. And like, we came home from the trip and um homegirl was just like hey should we you know go up to maine we can get set up there learn how to grow um you know maybe get trim jobs wow um for you know now my company and yeah, it was yeah. just like okay for yeah, somebody like, that you guys grew up with or ali specifically grew up yeah with. like in the when we're at kelton that partying era this dude kind of comes and he was at parties and acquaintance oh, I see. so okay. knew of him this dude yeah um ed and uh he was like, yeah, like, come up and we'll set something up and get you some work, whatever. And <laughs> it was funny thinking back on it now. Like, me and her came up, like, would go on Craigslist, look at houses, and then come up and meet some weird fucking guy and, like, go through his house or, like, basement to see, like, and we were mapping out. To see out, if like, you if could we put could, it together. If we could put a weed grow in there. Yeah. And, and did they know that that's what you were looking for? Um, Eventually, after a couple, it just made sense to tell them that because yeah. it's like let's not drive two and a half hours for a guy that doesn't we, want to we, we need a well us. we need this we need that you know yeah and it was like this whole back and forth thing and then like it just a situation happened where um someone had to grow in their house and they're like oh you can come up do this it was like okay um yeah, all right cool yeah like i'll learn how to grow it now and Great. so just really learned all of that process throughout the course of like a year or two, just um, really nitty gritty steps, but just like watering plants, washing buckets and flipping everything, you know, mm -hmm. and then. Um, but but it's a, it's it's everything else. It's keeping the room clean. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 Cleans learning the power so cycle. It. It, it's it's keeping the humidity right, you know, right. dialing the lights in, you know, it's the whole it's the big picture. You know, it's yeah. every detail needs to be right. Right. And it takes like, you know, you can be involved in a cultivation even now today for six months, a year. And, and it depending on your role and what your job is there, you might not even ever see a plant from it start to finish no and once you finally see that its whole process you really start to get it 
Yeah. Like how things come together, you know? Because as, as somebody that's kind of man managing it on, once you get to that aspect of it, you need to bring people in just to take care of this piece. Yeah. And you need this person to do this piece and this person, and they just trust you with the information that you give them because that's how you need it done, you know? And, and so, but just like everything else, you were able to kind of move up through it, wrap your head around it, Yep. you know, and now, and, and work up in that company. To yeah. the point where now you're executive level. Yep. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, when we started, it was just trimming. You know, I would trim one table. Just yeah. like there's a lot of people up here that come to us, and I it tell them. It took years. It took years, yeah, it took though. Years. I don't want to get yeah. the wrong thing. It, like, yeah. it's not something that happens overnight. Well, right. And, like, from what I was coming from, coming up here, it was like, you're paying me. Wait, I'm making how much? Fuck. Like, that's a hit. Like, I knew I was I could go make way more money doing other things. But you saw the potential. Yeah, I saw the potential. It was, like, time and place and cannabis become more legal. And, like, these are good people. Like, Ed is fucking brilliant, my business partner. He... And, like, once I started getting attached to him, I was like, dude, this motherfucker is, like, not going to refuse to not end this whole situation and be rich. Like, yeah, he's just he's, he's the most for genuine guy. He he has his eye on on giving people the best product. He's he's the hardest worker that, I've probably ever met. That's his main focus, and it's yeah. so it's so you know cool to see somebody you know that that that's the focus. Everything else, everything else is a is 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 a reaction to to the be- providing the best product at an affordable rate. Right, you know. And Quality he, for all. Everyone is a connoisseur. And he's full, you know, he he loves, you know, digging in, like, how can how can I make it better? How can I make it more organic? How can I make it, you know, cleaner? You know, how can I take care of this so so that my so that my customers feel taken care of and are and are uh, reliable. Yeah. Loyal customers. Hundred percent. That's what any business Dude just got a vision. You know, and yeah. just that undeniable, like it's he's been the closest that I've ever found to an equal, just as far as like willing to pay the price. Wow, and and work that extra, go that extra mile. Yeah, you know, like as much partying as we did, there were a lot of times where I didn't party because we were doing other shit. You know what I mean on the business side, and like yeah, you know, really just when I got into the company, I started just being like, hey, do you want to like meet and brainstorm and talk about this? And like, I have an idea about this, and like. Just, just kind of started having those conversations. Like, wow! And this is, uh, you know, years ago now, so it's it's hard to even remember what the company was then. But yeah, it's just like you you just keep pushing it forward the best that you can. Yeah. And um, to see where it's grown, it's it's just the industry as the industry. It's just amazing to see the growth and like and what's happening. It's just it's like just starting too. I know. <laughs> yeah, like incredible. adult use. It's like yeah, just started. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like so, congratulations, you know, ending yeah. up ending up, you know, you've always you've always followed your nose to be at, at what seems like the right place at the right time. And uh congratulations. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. I mean, to me it's just like I don't know what a finish line is or where we're going, but like we're going. There isn't one. Yeah, no, there isn't one. <laughs> no, you know what the, I mean? The finish line is the finish line is the next generation's problem. You know, you just keep pushing forward. Right. And I, I just, I think that's why, you know, we hit it off is because that's, that's our general mindset, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Like you lay that foundation and then you give the next generation the ability to be creative and build it yeah. beyond, because like the best parts about the cannabis industry yet, I feel we don't know what they are yet. Exactly. They're going to come out later. Exactly. You know? So I'm just happy to be on the ride, man. It's fun. Um, it's, it's a lot of work, but it is what you make it. Do you want to promote? 
you know where they can find you what what they can do if anybody's interested in finding uh, your product yeah for sure oh yeah i was supposed to uh <laughs> well <laughs> now to bring that up earlier now's the but... time yeah no for and sure. i'll do it in um, the intro too yeah casco botanical um check us out at green truck farms hive medicinals beach boys cannabis we're always in those stores you know where Try to stay spread around pretty good around the state. We're in Weed Maps in Portland. Um, you know, we've got a couple locations trying to cover the whole city in Portland. So, yeah, check us out there. Give us a shot. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for being here, man. I Thanks, appreciate bro. it. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. <laughs> weird, uh, weird handshake. Yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. Well, well, no, we haven't when, been touching we, anybody. Do, touching touching people is weird. Oh, I hugged oh, yeah, you. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's no, right. no, that's, I love that's you, not buddy. allowed. It's okay. I hugged you when you got in. I don't shake anybody here. That's true. That's true. I kind of thought we'd start with a hug. We always start with a hug. Yeah, yeah. I love you, buddy. Love you, dude.